Hey everyone, how you doing? This is DJ Sala, Cody, and Body. Me here, you there, Taino's everywhere. It's going to be a great show. I can't believe it. And right here, I'm right sitting right by my window, New York City style. If you hear any noise, people having fun because it's warm. It was, what, 88 degrees today in New York City? Lenny Lenapi territory. But check it out. I got my hostess back. And her name is Selena. Are you there? Well, I think she's in the swimming pool, enjoying the warm weather. Can someone please uh, get Selena? Where's the lifeguard? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hey, thank you, lifeguard. All right. It's a cool guy. Looks like he can work at uh, Baywatch. So what's... <laughs> What's been going down? How you doing? I'm doing good. Not much, really. I'm in school right now for nursing, and uh, I'm going camping this week uh, with my family, but nothing much going on other than that. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't get the invite. You went going camping? Where at? <laughs> um, it's, it's in South Carolina. Um, we're going to Dreher Island, um, and you know I'm going to go fishing. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, that's a tiny little uh, tradition there, fishing. That's right. Yeah, it is. Yep. That's awesome, Selena Lapham. And also, you have a Taino name, indigenous Taino name. What What is that name again? Do you uh, Do you have it ready there? Well, I think she just she got so excited oh. she she just did a belly dive in the uh, water. <laughs> Sorry, my audio might not be working so clear because um, it's storming right now. <laughs> but um, Ooh, my, the thunder beans. Yeah, my Taino name is Inmahana, which means keeper of flowers. Oh, there you go, the flowers. Well, this is your time, I guess. That's awesome with the flowers coming out. I know. I just planted. Well, I had I planted my seeds because I harvest my seeds every year. Um, different types of marigold flowers. They're one of my favorites. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. You know, for all you listeners out there, these shows are never rehearsed. They're um, most of it is improv. Yeah. And right, see, and mm -hmm. the thing is that <laughs> I think it's best like that. It's like a talking circle, you know. You it's pass real. A yeah, you pass the, the talking stick, you know? What happened? No, I was saying I agree. It's real. You know, nothing is scripted. We're just talking from the heart. Um, and that's what I love about it. That's great, yeah. And, you know, um, the heart and soul of Taino Radio is to show the world that we still exist. And this is going to be the topic today about, um, you know, what does that mean to be a Taino identity? And why is it so hard to identify as indigenous if you're from the Caribbean or, or even even Central America, South America? There's, there's this whole colonization, right? For over 500 years, it's still going strong, right? What do you think? Oh, 100%. I agree. If you look at what's happening on the island right now in um, Borinquen, which is Puerto Rico, yeah, colonization is still very much happening. It's just modern day colonization. Um, and I agree. So for me, because you asked a couple of questions, uh, to me, the Taino identity is just you, like you getting up in the morning, brushing your teeth, you're, you're Taino. Um, 
you're that's who you are um and as far as why it's so hard for especially scholars um alike to not believe thainos exists goes down to our history books um when i was in school i was taught that christopher columbus killed off all the native americans after arriving in the caribbean um and in fourth grade i told my teacher that's not true i'm here um and she just kind of like she's like oh okay you know but i could tell she didn't believe me um and that's why it's so hard like tainos and even indigenous people from central and south america they're not given the recognition they deserve even though especially i can say this um like with the tainos we wouldn't have barbecue without the tainos um and then mm-hmm. i'm also maya too from my father's side um dentistry, dentistry started with the maya and the mexica um hospitals started with the Maya and the Mexica. A lot of things originated with the Native Americans of uh, Central and South America and even the Caribbeans. And a lot of people don't know that. Um, But I think that's why it's so hard because what was taught in the history books was wrong. And now so many Taino people are trying to disprove that. And uh, Juan Carlos Martinez Cruzado, who is a geneticist, um, he did a DNA study. I believe it was like in the early 1990s to hunt... uh, I think like, yeah, I think it was like the early 1990s to like 2000, like the 2000s. And mm-hmm. you know, he he did test subjects. I think he took um, hair follicles and right. he found that ha- like almost like the entire population had Native American DNA. And mm-hmm. that I think was a breakthrough for for a lot of people. But us, we already knew that, you know, we already knew without DNA tests that. We were, you know, we were indigenous. You know, two amazing things happened in 1992 was Juan Luis Guerra, the Dominican uh, singer, merengue singer. And what he he composed an album that year. And two of the songs that he he created were of Taino um, influence. He even researched the words. And one of the songs that I play often in Taino radio on Black Talk Radio, mm-hmm. it mentions about please don't kill us. And a lot of people in Dominican Republic got very upset with him because they were celebrating 500 years anniversary of the colonization, evangelization of the Americas. And uh, he decided not to do that. So for me, he's a hero in 92. In Puerto Rico in 1992, there were these uh, bones that were um, they were trying to um, the government was trying to get rid of because they were crushed bones. Really had no archaeological or museum quality to it. So they were trying to find someone to take these uh, beat up bones. You know that really, you know, I guess they weren't sexy enough for a display, right? <laughs> so. So that's when Dr. Cruzado said, no, give them to me. I'll take them. And that was in 92. So the bones of our ancestors literally came up, came out of the graves to tell a story. And later on, that's that famous study you just mentioned. He found out that, what well, I think that initial test was like, I think it was 65% of his yeah, students. 60-something percent. I know that the test also extended to the Dominican Republic as well. Um, yeah. Well, the original test that he got from those bones, mm-hmm. 
Um, he tested his PhD students first. And according to the article, you know, there were redheads, African, Trigueño, you know, all different kind of Puerto Rican. And I think he got a 64% match of just his students alone. So that woke him up like, oh, wait, hold on, hold on a second. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, wow. yeah. It was the, that real, that initial grant he got, I believe it was from NASA. He tested his students, his PhD students. So that was the beginning, you know, those bones in 92. So there you go. So, yeah, man, this is it. When I first heard that. Oh, and also a lot of people don't know this. Um, it used to be a paper back in the day when you go into the powwows. Um, Indian country news, and you will buy this paper, you know, powwows. It was good stuff. Now it's in the, now it's online. Everything's online, right? But back then, you, you know, for a dollar, you can buy this paper, you find out about all the tribes. And there was one article there for the first time they were talking about the Taino people. And they were critiquing that, uh, that first study with the students. And according to American Indian Today, American Indian News today, they said that the, the modern Puerto Rican is an indigenous people, according, you know, and they were looking at the DNA testing. So this is the very first time a Native American publication said that the modern Puerto Rican is actually indigenous. So that that woke us up a lot, like, whoa, because at that time, people were calling us in the powwow circuit. They were saying, hey, man, you're just Puerto Rican, you know? Mm. You, ain't, you ain't Indian. You ain't indigenous. You know, well, we use Indian back in the day, you know. So uh, the, the whole Taino movement started at powwows, right? Oh, yeah, definitely the powwows, the different. Um, well, it, it dates back back to the nineteen late nineteen seventies. There was a bunch of uh, Boricuas that they they were drummers, and they they were the first one. To create a drum called uh, Brooklyn Drum, the Brooklyn yeah Brooklyn Drum or Brooklyn Drummer no Brook, the Brooklyn Drum, and they were all Boricuas and they learned Northern style songs for powwows. Now, now remember these Northern songs, they're social songs, okay? They're meant for um, powwow scene. So they were the first Boricuas or Caribbean that actually was was doing this. And I don't know if you know this, but you know the rip the um. Uh, traditionally, the oh, I can't think now. The, the dance, uh, the grass dance, the grass dance. Yeah, I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Before the natives used to use ribbons, right, to imitate the grass in the regalia. Brooklyn drum were the first ones to introduce yarn, because you know Caribbean, the seamstress, very very powerful seamstress in the Caribbean, right? So they so they started putting uh, yarn strands on the regalia, and that just took off. Everyone started using yarn. So whenever you see yarn, it started with the Boricuas, Brooklyn drum. I had no idea. That's actually really cool. So yes. mm-hmm. the last dance, like at least on the regalia, started with Boricuas, but it's now in like you see it a lot on Northern Natives regalia. I I did not know that. That's actually really yeah. cool. Yeah, do the research. It's called Brooklyn Drum. They're still around. They're much older now, but they are they 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 they're still around, and they and they but they're very humble. You know, they don't go out there 
bragging and stuff like we're all Brooklyn drunk. No, but they just do their thing. Wow. Very respectful. Yeah, very, I give a shout out to them for, for doing that. That's amazing. Yeah. Then in the 1990, early 90s, there was uh late 80s, early 90s, another drum group came out. But they specifically came out and said they were Taino. They identify as Taino Caribbean. Um, and they refer to themselves as the Arawak Mountain Singers. And what happened was they started going to the different powwow scenes, you know, on um, powwows. And then they started performing. And and it was a mixed group of, uh, of Boricua, Dominican, all different Caribbean type drummers. So that was pretty powerful. That called Arawak Mountain Singers. So people like Jorge Estevez, who's now a cacique he was he was part of that drum group. Oh wow! People, people like Roberto um, Mucaro was also part of that drum group. Also Cliff Matthias, who runs powwows for many years through Red Hawk Council, he was also part of that uh, Arawak Mountain Singers. And there was so many others I can't think of. Right now, off the top of my head. Oh, there was one guy. Oh, what's his name? He was actually a pro wrestler, too. And uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Boricua, Hibaro, real nice guy. He was really tall for Boricua. He was really tall. <laughs> and Oh, man, I can't think of his name. My God. If anyone's listening, hit me up. TainoRadio1491 at gmail.com. He split, and he started Otter um, Trail. And Otter Trail took off in Native America. Just took off in the pow in the powwow scenes. But let me see if uh, let me see if I can find you a song. The Arawak Mountain Singers. What do you think? You want want yeah. to hear something? I was gonna actually ask if there was any way, at least like especially if, towards the end or now, if you're able to play one of their songs or their albums. Yeah, man, I gotta do my DJ skills here. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell it is improv. Yep. Hold on a second. Let me see. Um, hey, there's, 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 uh, you said there's, uh, there's thunder out there. There's a storm. Yeah. There, right now it's storming, but honestly, I like the sound of heavy rain and thunder. I find it quite peaceful. I don't know. Okay. I, I love it. It's like, it's the perfect weather for me to sit down and start writing. <laughs> well, check it out. This song from the Arawak Mountain Singers is called Feel. Feel the thunder. <laughs> oh, I like that. You have to play. Okay, hold on a second. See All if right. I can get. Hold on a second. Let's see if I get it here. I answered the call. Oh, of course. There's a commercial. <laughs> Hold on. So this song for others, they're able to fight it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready? Can you hear it? I can hear it. Rock Mountain Singers, take it away. Feel the thunder. Yeah, 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 yeah
Think about that. Arawang Mountain Singers. Hey. I, love the- I love it. Thank you for playing it. Isn't that interesting? Did, did, did you feel that a little of that Boricua taste to it, you know? I did. <laughs> <laughs> you see, oh and, and you, yeah, if you, if, if you do a blindfold test, don't figure, right, that it's, it's you figure the North American native singing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... I'm glad you asked that. You know, in the very beginning, the the it was trying to get it was trying to get in the inside in the powwow scene. You know, there the, there was a great 
the first chief that I uh no the, I should say the first Taino um community I was part of was Taino oh. Nation. Everything's all right there? Kind of little yeah, power. Uh, no, it's my little one. She just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that powwow's time. <laughs> what? I always forget her name. What's her name again? Your daughter? Emma. Emma! Take Love it away! <laughs> Grand entry. There we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gotta get her that drum, right? No, no, she'll play your drum. Your Maya Waka, right? I was just gonna say, she loves playing my Maya Waka. Right now, she just kind of beats on it, um, so she hasn't quite p- figured out rhythm yet, but it's just amazing seeing her be interested in the instrument. And when she gets older, I want to teach her the history of the Mayuakan, of our people. That's great. You know, in, in, in a very, and that's awesome. In the very beginning, the key for us was not so much um, proving, you know, it's hard to tell. I mean, it's hard to say this, but oh wait, 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 wait. Let me go back. So my first experience with a Taino community was Casique uh, Sibanacan of Taino Nation of the Greater Antilles, and and the and the natives gave him a lot of respect in the powwow scene because he used to go out there and um, did his own regalia, did his own headdress, and he just went out there to dance. You know, but, but they recognized the spirit. You know. Right. Of, of that he's native, but they didn't know from where. But and then he started saying, Oh, well, I'm Taino, you know. But it was it was a running joke because um the first feathers he used was from a dust uh, a duster. <laughs> so, oh my people, God. so people used to tease him, you know. <laughs> so Aww. then so see, but that's what happened back in the back in the early days. We try our best to fit in. That's right. You know. We try our best, but once we got our foot in there, that they they respected us. Then, um, oh yeah, another thing when we went in there with the regalia, with the nagua, you know, uh, one of the protocols was you try to dress up as much as you can, don't show too much skin. So we got a lot of heat in the beginning too with that one. <laughs> so so we got a we had to calm down a little with that. But basically, um, what was it saying? I forgot. I just lost my train of thought. I see, thinking about the uh, those early days of using biker pants. Oh man, <laughs> biker shorts, <laughs> so it won't show too much. Oh man, what was it? No, I forgot. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so once we were accepted, now nah, we're like, okay, well, now we got to do our stuff, and that's when we started making nagwas. That's when we started making the drums, the Mayawakas, and everybody was trying to make a drum, you know. But but people like Melanio Gonzalez, he was the first one, in my knowledge, that will win awards. Seeing powwows, um, I don't see it so much anymore, but they used to have, in these bigger powwows, they had um, artists. You know, you got competition dancers, competition drums, and then back then, too, it was artists. And Melania was like the first Taino to take, take first prize, you know, because he would make these beautiful drums, these Maya Wakans that he carved. And uh, so he made a really good name for himself. So he was like the first one in the powwow scene that, that showed, hey, we got our own stuff. We got our drums. We got our rattles. And then it came out. Uh, Edwin Cedeno started coming. He started making gores, gore drums and Man, it was an exciting time, I tell you. This is in the 90s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Far ago, you know? 
No, it wasn't. It was like amazing that the stuff that was going down in the powwow scene. So, so that's why in recent years, I know a lot of people were kind of putting the powwow scene down as for Tainos, but I kept reminding people that that's where we started. We have to have that connection, you know. Now, a lot of these North, these New York City powwows. And in Long Island, they'll say Taino. Oh, the Taino dancers that just entered the arena. That never happened back in the 80s or 90s. You know what I mean? Early 90s. And what's crazy, what's crazy to me is that, you know, so many obstacles Taino people had to overcome, mm-hmm. um, especially in the powwow scene. Yeah. Uh, I like to remind a lot of people um, because I hear a lot of people use the Christopher Columbus narrative. And a lot of people don't know it was the Taino people who were first colonized by Christopher Columbus. There you go. And our women were the first missing murder indigenous women. And they're yeah. very shocked to hear this. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's what happened to my people. But um, what I think is great now, like we've incorporated our regalia, which, you know, we wear the Nawa because traditionally our people were naked. Um, you know, because if you think in the Caribbean, it's hot. <laughs> I mean, it's hot. Um, but it's amazing to see different Tainos with their regalia customized to, you know, what they feel comfortable wearing. And it's just beautiful to see um, Indigenous people from all over the Caribbean embrace their Indigenate. Mm-hmm. Because at, there was, remember, there was a time where being Indigenous was something that wasn't talked about. That's right. So it's just great to see our young people. Um, just embrace it with so much pride. You know, talking about the Caribbean and colonization, I don't know how the, the modern, contemporary, Boricua, Dominican, you name it, I don't know how they do it, but I, I'm still trying to figure it out. I cannot wear jeans in the islands. I can't wear long sleeve shirts with collars in the island. I just sweat like crazy and it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, what's going on? I can't imagine anybody wanting to wear long pants and long sleeve shirts in the Caribbean. I mean, it's hot. Oh my God, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, you know, I mean, our people were naked because it was, you know, it was hot in that. You know, do you know, do we actually know the reason why our people were naked? Like why they chose that? Because I know in European, like European view, it was seen as wrong, but to our people, it was nothing. There was nothing wrong with that. But well, you- I know, huh? Well, well, I know from the farmers, present day farmers, you get up at five, five thirty, you're in the fields. By eleven o'clock, you're back home. You don't work in the afternoons because the heat, the sun is so bad. I, I'll, I'll tell you a story. When when we were when I was with Nawake, we were doing this training program for a week, and uh, and um, our elder. Ramundo, he was teaching us. He was 84 years old. He was teaching us traditional farming, right? And he told us, 5.30, we're up in the mountain, okay? And he was right there. He was the first one there to wake us up. <laughs> so there was one young lady. She she was uh, she definitely wasn't a morning person. <laughs> so we were ready to leave. It was already 11. She got there at 10, right? And... So Ramundo says, no, 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 no. Se acabó. Hoy, hoy tú no puedes trabajar. Today you can't work. Mm-hmm. So I guess she felt guilty. And she started like, you know, a little tear came down. And I said, no, 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 no. I'll make up the time. I'll make up the time. 
And he kept insisting, no, 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 no. And then she went out. So around 1230, we almost had to take it to the hospital. She got a heat stroke. Oh, my gosh. And it was only 1230. And he's like, I told your daddy. You know, he was telling everyone, you got to respect what I'm saying. This son can kill you. So I can imagine, you know, when you, you know, a lot of those early communities were by the coastal areas. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, I'm telling you, it's the heat. You know, the heat, the heat. You got to, and you know, we, we use body paint to repel insects. So, you know, we had it covered. We had it covered. So, yeah. You know, also the traditions from South America, they also went naked because of the heat as well. So, traditional, you know, traditional values that, came to the caribbean but the heat is too much it's too much right oh yeah yeah i my hair is you know my hair is pretty long it's almost to my butt and like all i want to do is cut it and everyone's telling me don't cut it it's so beautiful but i'm always dying it's i mean i live in the south and it's so hot it's so hot outside so oh, i can imagine do, do, do you braid yours no i don't well, um if i do i have someone braid it for me because i'm not the best at braiding um but what i usually do i just throw it up in a bun or a hair tie but even when i put it in like like a ponytail it's still so long my hair just grows really fast um i've donated it several times oh um, wow man. hey i donate some to me man hey i'm looking for some <laughs> <laughs> you can have all my hair it really comes from my mom and then my mom's mom and then my grandmother's mom they just had thick black hair wow well, you know, there's no proof of this, but I know in North America, mm -hmm. uh, in the 1800s, when those first uh, anthropologists were interviewing the tribes, one of the things they wrote, and I couldn't imagine our people doing this, um, but they used to write was, if a woman had a tight braid, really beautiful, nice orderly, nice and tight, that means her husband loves her tremendously. Because it was the man that used to do the braiding. So if you saw a woman that her braid wasn't exactly too tight and not kept well, that means her husband was probably not too uh, loving. <laughs> that's interesting. I've never heard of that before. So I just learned something new. Yeah, that's the northern tradition. So I wonder if we had that practice. I'm not I don't know. I know, I know from books I've read um, that we had we kept our hair pretty short. Um, and then oh, like, the heat, our, the heat, right? The heat, and then our our Kalinago relatives, um, that were called Island Crib, but I just like Kalinago because that's what that's they, it. That's they, guys. they would have like really long hair. But I'm not, I'm not really sure. It's only one book I've read it. Um, but maybe there was some type of tradition we did with our hair that we haven't found out yet. I mean, I know Columbus in that first journal, that first journal, I mean, the first uh, journey. You mentioned it was short in the front, long in the back, you know, so I don't know. It's uh, something to, to look into. Yes. Yep. I, I know in our, um, in Arayeque's Medicine Society, the uh, candidates, I, I had them read the part where Columbus describes our ancestors for the first time. So I had them sketch. I had them sketch. Maybe I put those sketches up on the, uh, the website, tainoradio.com. You should. Real, real nice. It's straight out of Columbus's journal when his first experience of the Taino. You know, he loved us. He says that 
we were beautiful. The, men, the women were beautiful. Men were handsome. And uh, our language was was the most pleasant to hear than any language in the world. And he's been around. And uh, the rest is history, right? Mm-hmm. It's the gold. I'm telling you, that gold. When you first found out about gold, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, so. He really. And, like, I haven't read all of Christopher Columbus's journals just because mentally I just, uh, I, I'm not ready yet. Because I know <laughs> a lot of the stuff that I will read, like, is just right. hard. But the things I have read, it's like, um, he just has this very, what's the word for it? Like, it's not delusional, but he wrote about our, our island like it was in some type of, like, you would read it in, like, a, like, a, like, a, like, a mystical book. Um, mm. And then he even wrote about people, or, like, the, like, he wrote about the Indians he came across had a tail. And I'm like, that's absolute, I know I can't swear, but that's absolute BS. Um, mm. Just so sad. Um, the things that he did, you know, and it, what it takes, how one person could just do the things that he and his crew done. Like, I can't imagine, you know, and that's just what always gets me that, that human humans are capable of such destruction. Um, But yeah, no, it's really like, it's kind of crazy how he writes about us. Then he does like the exact opposite. Like he, you know, enslaves us and sells us, you know? Yeah. Well, well, his downfall politically, too, with the Spaniards, I mean, with the uh, king and queen, you know, he was sent f- to retrieve food, the, a new trade route through India to bring food back to Spain. Because, you know, Spain, for hundreds of years, they were enslaved by the Moors. So now that they were in power, they were looking for food to feed the people. So that was his job. It wasn't the goal. So when he saw the gold, he's like, what the hell, man? Who who needs a trade route? We got gold. But that's where he got the, the greedy. He got too greedy. Yeah. Yeah. And then he wanted 20% of the wealth that he that he uh, obtained from Spain. He wanted 20%. And when he died, his son wanted that 20% and his descendants, too. They never got it, though. <laughs> they never got it. So. Yeah, I mean, this. This man, we got to think like, you know, back then Spain's law, it was, you know, they, they had the whole uh, caste systems, but like Christopher Columbus caused so much harm that even Spain was appalled by his actions, that he came back to the island in chains. Well, he can't, yeah, he went back to Spain in chains, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just what's crazy to me. But yeah, like, I didn't know that he originally came for food. I knew that he was trying to do some type of trading route. And I think, isn't he also responsible for um, the the transatlantic slave trade as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, my oh yeah, yeah, the whole slave thing. Well, you know where that came from, right? I, I know very little. Well, Batalome de la Casas, who was a priest... Um, he came here as a very young man. His father was this, was uh, was one of the encomienda, the encomienda leaders. That means the he had enslaved, you know, Taino people, our ancestors. And then when the La Casas got older, he became a priest. 
he was the he tried to defend our ancestors so much that he came up with the idea to Columbus and his henchmen that um let's let's bring African slaves to the island because and uh, the hardships is is destroying the people is destroying the Taino people and then uh, after that hey good idea <laughs> and the rest is history that's when they they started looking for uh, African slaves. So, um, but he regrets that before his death in Mexico, Chiapas, Mexico, he regrets that. He wrote that. He says it was, it was his worst mistake ever suggesting that they should use slave, African slaves. So it's not easy. It's not easy. History, you know, we learn. Oh, yeah. It's really hard, you know, like um, when I first started I always knew that I was indigenous. Um, I didn't grow up hearing the term Taino until um, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew I was indigenous from Puerto Rico. That was it. Um, and like when I started connecting and hearing some of the atrocities that occurred, I was just, I was shocked, you know, like mm-hmm. I was shocked. And I feel like that's how a lot of us who are reconnecting feel. Um, what our ancestors had to endure and why now more than ever, um, you know, we, you know, like when I, I know I say Puerto Rico, but most times, almost all the time, I, ref- I reference to um, my island specifically as Borinquen. That's the indigenous mm-hmm. name. Um, I try to, an- I try to um, venerate the ancestors as much as possible because you right. know, it's just everything they've went through. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I said this before on the radio show about uh, fascinated by this, that um, that the commander, of he was a number one Indian hunter, according to Spain, historians, um, Esquivel, Juan Esquivel. He was the the colonizer of of Jamaica eventually. Mm -hmm. But in in, uh, Quisqueya, he would, he he would, he will um, get the, the Taino slaves, right? And then he'll pick, like, the strongest ones, and he'll be like, he'll, he'll let them free. He says, all right, let them free, right? And you, you will assume that that slave will, will run for hell, will run, right? Run like hell, right? Freedom, right? But guess what they will do? And this gives you a little mindset of our ancestors. Take a while, guess what they will do once, he was th- once they were set free. If that was me, I'd fight back. They would charge. Esquivel, they would charge. Exactly. They would try to kill him. And of course, he'll be waiting with his sword. And he'll slice. He used to have a competition. How, how, how fast can he slice someone in half? A Taino in half with his sword in, in, one, in one swipe. Literally cut someone in half. That was the competition. And then the crazy part was, you know, you're a warrior, right? A captured warrior. You're seeing your fellow brother or sister down, right? Chopped in half. They would set that person free. And you think you will run, right? Nope. Right. They would charge one. And the same thing all over again. So so our people weren't runners. Yes, they confronted the problem head on. It's kind of, it was a very tragic time for our people, you know, very tragic time. So, yeah, maybe one day we'll, we'll dedicate some shows to that, you know, some, we, we, we need to hear it. 
Yeah, we do. You know, even if the history is hard to hear, um, it's important that we hear it. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, and it, it is, you know, to anyone listening, um, it's, you know, when you start reconnecting and learning about the history of what happened to our ancestors, from my experience, I just remember going in my room and just bawling my eyes out. Um, there you go. It's hard, but it needs to be told. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in Juan, Esquivel, he had a wonderful student, an apprentice. And that apprentice was so great in capturing our ancestors and killing them that uh, I guess in our money, he accumulated millions as a, as a Taino killer. And, and he was so wealthy that he became the governor, the first governor of Puerto Rico. And that was Ponce de Leon. And our name, our famous town, Ponce is named after him. And we still have that name. Isn't so I don't know. Cat, isn't his body like in the cathedral or something? That's what yeah. I heard. Exactly. So that's just like so, a that's just like a punch in the face to our people. Exactly. Hey, let me get back a little bit. You reminded me before you talk about the nakedness of our ancestors. Right. When you go to a, a federal building in Puerto Rico, like say you want your birth certificate or whatever. A woman, can, a woman cannot show her arms or her legs. A man can't show his legs. Right now, 2022. <laughs> in 2019, in 2019, I had to go to uh, when I was living in Puerto Rico for a short bit. I had to go to the federal building, um, the department of the state department. They wouldn't let me in because I had shorts on. I'm like, it's 100 degrees. And that's that's when they told me, no, no, you can't come in. I'm like, what the world? Is this 1500s? That's what I'm saying. Look, I mean, it's the Caribbean. It's hot. Nobody's. You're not gonna catch me wearing pants. That's that's ridiculous, though. I had no idea that it was like that. I wonder. You know, I, remember, I wonder why it's like that. You know, I remember many years ago when when they tried to get Ricky out of as governor. Mm-hmm. That protest was going on. I, I was like, wait, wait, guys, hold on, hold on. Let, let's also protest that policy that you got to dress up. You can't show your arms and legs. Like, come on, man, what the hell is That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this? It's 2022. See, that's colonization. It is, you know, and it is modern day colonization. Um, you just look at what's happening to our island. We're having a lot of people from the United States move there and... Um, they're causing the prices and housing to go up for the indigenous people who live there. Right. Um, it's, become, it's become a tourist attraction. It's, it's really sad, you know, and that's why, I mean, I think most of us, you know, we fight so hard for independence for our people. Right. Hey, man, it's, it's always about the bottom line. It's always about that money. You know, tourism, it's about that money. So, capitalism you know we're part of it yeah especially with the thing you know with everything that happened with Caguana um even though the bill didn't pass which I'm grateful for you know we still have to be on our p's and q's you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's true that, that that's why I'm now more than ever there has to be this national identity as Taino that's my opinion of 
because that's the only way that you can get these are you know are it's the only, it's really the only way right why isn't the government of Puerto Rico not giving us these uh opportunities why are there museums because they don't recognize us you know and it's crazy because i think it's um they can make the most dollar by selling our artifacts and our identity as extinct as something yeah. that once existed and the government of Puerto Rico knows that we're very much still here. They do. They just don't want to acknowledge. And that's why, again, you know, we need to be independent away from the United States. Um, but. Well, well, let me tell you a good story. When when when, um, when we were fight when I was a member of Nawake, we brought some people from New York because, yeah, they wanted some support from New York. Mm-hmm. So we got a good crew together and we were advocating for, um, a bill to be it was a 15 year old bill that she had drafted and gave it to the senators and every year they kept rejecting it finally one senator uh, agreed to take it to the senate floor and um i was there i was there he agreed to it he says all right i'm gonna push it having um the Boricua, the modern Boricua, identify as as indigenous through um, Nahuake, you know. So the bad news <laughs> wasn't that they didn't pass it. The bad news was that they arrested that senator. The only senator was arrested by the FBI arrested what? him for, for money embezzlement, whatever, for stealing funds. Oh. So it was a very depressing day. And then part two to that was um, they were going to give us a school, one of those those abandoned schools, mm-hmm. and then, and they finally gave it. They finally gave it. They agreed to give it with one condition: you have to have two hundred thousand dollars in your bank account. I'm like what? Who has who has that much money? It's yeah. ridiculous. And guess who got the school? Who? Okay, I'm not gonna. Let me put a disclaimer now. I don't want to. Um, I know a lot of people who are listening are are, are are Christian or other religions, and I respect all religions. But the church in Puerto Rico is very powerful, so they they were able to get it. So, and and there's one thing that I that I truly admire about the churches in Puerto Rico, though. I just want to say this one thing: they're master fundraisers. And that's something that we as a Taino community has not um, used as a powerful tool is generating money. (laughs) The (laughs) churches know how to do that. And they get the land. They get the church. They get the buildings, you know. Mm -hmm. They get the buildings. So there's something to learn about that, too, using the tool of capitalism to get what we need. But this is something that we really haven't done well as a Taino community. It's the resources. So I don't know. That's something to think about, right? That's some homework topic. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Because the churches are doing it. The Roman church, the um, Protestant churches, for some, for some reason, they can raise millions. You know? Mm-hmm. It's something we haven't done. From the beginning of uh, this Taino movement, we have not raised enough funding to take what's ours. I wonder if that's something we can implement within um, the Taino community, something like a shared goal. 
to kind well, of help our people move us forward. Well, one thing that's important that um that I believe in, and uh, I believe Taino Nation of the Great Antilles had this concept as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I w- I won't get into that. But the whole thing is that we. Many times this has been attempted to have some kind of confederation, you know, like the Six Nations where, you know, we recognize our differences, but but let's fight as one. Right. We, we, we haven't come to that yet. We haven't reached that yet. So, you know, the goals have been separate. They haven't been one. I believe our young generation will soon change that. I really hope so. That's... I've talked to several young Tainos. I'm a young Taino myself, and uh, we all want unity and community. We all mm-hmm. want to fight back for our lands. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes the voices of the younger people are important, which they are. All voices are important. Are are important, but uh, I feel very proud of this new generation coming up. I think that will soon change. I have belief in it, just mm-hmm. from conversations I've had. Definitely. That's what I'm looking forward to. Our youth is our future, you know? So all we can do is be hopeful. Definitely. You know, I'm reading a book now on the the life of Chief Plenty Coos, so war chief of the Crow Nation 18, from the 1800s to 1930. Oh, wow. He was, yeah, he was, it was only 2,000 warrior, um, crows at the time. And they were number one warrior society because they never lost battles very smart warriors and what happened was you heard of sitting bull right yes oh yeah and you heard of um, crazy horse you know great people right yeah they're, they're like the model of resistance right mm-hmm. well there was a tribal council there was a war tribal council meeting with all the chiefs the medicine people because they both were medicine people and uh, what happened was because tradition using the medicine people lead the warriors, you know. So what happened was Chief Plenty Coot was there. And his his suggestion, right? His advice was, and remember, this is like the number one warrior chief. He said we cannot fight these people, these Wasishus, the greedy people. We need to learn more about them. Okay, we don't know enough of them. All we know is they have superior weapons. And they have superior numbers. They just don't stop coming, you know? So so eventually they overrode, you know, overrode him. And they said, okay, we, we're going to go into battle. And he said, no, 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 you can't do that. You're going to bring suffering to the people, especially the youth. Long story short, you know, they went into war. They killed Custard, right? Yeah. And, and then that intensified the war. So what Chief Plenty Coup did, he did a truce with the American government. So he put down his arms to make peace with the government. Years later, little by little, the government was taking the land away from him, you know, from the Crow Nation. And then guess what happened? What? They finally learned how to take on the U.S. government without shedding blood. This happened like maybe nine years ago. I don't know if you remember. Wow. 
I don't know if you remember, remember back west, a lot of land was being lost, you know, the ranchers, the farmers, they were I, being lost. I heard a little was, bit about it, yeah. Remember that, that farmers were folding up? I think it was during the Bush administration, and they just, they defaulted on their loans because they just couldn't get any crops. Either there were flooding, mass floodings or drought. So people like, um, what's his name from TNT, TBS? Oh, man, they put millions of acres of land. Um, Ted Turner. Um, who else? Who was that other guy? Microsoft. What's his name? Bill Gates. They bought millions of acres of land in Montana, Wyoming, you know? Now check this out. Guess what? What? The, the land that was left over that they, they didn't buy, mm -hmm. they had an open auction. Guess who shows up? Hmm. Pronation? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Crow Nation shows up, right? Right. And they, they, they bring cash. Millions of dollars they brought with them that they saved from all the money the government was giving them for um, land rights and all that. And then the auctioneers didn't want to sell it to them. Say, wait, you're you're fairly recognized tribes. You already have land. And says, no, no, no. This is not to live on. This is for business. You know, we're gonna have a tourism project here. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna invest. It's like, so they called the, the the Department of the Interior, right? And they gave the okay to say, no, they they can buy it. They can buy land. And they bought millions of acres of land. And guess what that land was? That was their land, their traditional land that was stolen from them. Not their traditional land, but the land that was given to them. So the moral of the story was Chief Plenicool was teaching generation after generation, hey, we can't shed this blood. We're, we're going to be wiped out. We're going to be extinct. We have to use their weapon. And that weapon was capitalism. Yep. I was so, just thinking that. So right now the Crow Nation is doing tourism. You know, they're they're on a historical land. You know? Mm -hmm. So they're making the best of it while shedding blood. So we as Taino people, we have not come to that understanding yet. We have not come to that understanding yet. Once we do, it's over. We can buy the whole island if we if, imagine all these millions of uh, boricuas and, and 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 then we you know it's endless. But I think that colonization, that whole American spirit, this 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 land is my land, that land is your land. You know, we we still have that mentality. It's not tribal, you know. Yeah. So that's the true revolution, I think, for us as Taino. So. It'll happen, you know. It's uh, it, yeah. it will happen. That that is my hope. That is my belief. Um, yeah. Just think about that. Our our island becoming independent. I literally to, dream about mm -hmm. it. How much I think about it all the time. And to be independent yeah. means you gotta be independent. You gotta have your cash flow. You know. Also, you have to have your military. So that it's a lot. It's a lot. You need some good leaders that are not going to get arrested or not going to steal like they're doing now, right? Right. So, yeah. We got a lot of work to do. That's for sure. Yeah. But independence is, 
it's a loaded question there. I mean, it's, it's a loaded term right there. So, you know, there's a beautiful museum in um, Utuado that is is dedicated to the freedom fighters of Puerto Rico. Really? Yeah, it's beautiful. I went there, and uh, you, you can feel the ghosts, the spirits of the liberation fighters. They they have photos of um, news clippings and stuff of 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 dead people. You know that their their faces. Oh, it's horrible. But they put it there as a reminder that these are the people that died for the resistance. You know, so died for their land, for their people. Yeah. So now. I don't want anyone dead, you know? Right. No, you're right, you know. Um, it's just, uh, you know, now we're finding out that, you know, this is something we've always known. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as I never want any of our people to ever be in harm's way, especially yeah. the war or bloodshed, you know. Exactly. You know, our people have been brought into U.S. affairs. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard, heard of the, uh, what is it, the Puerto Rican Nears, um, it was like, yeah. like you, yeah, you have so my, my family, yeah, so it was like, I think one of my uncles, too. Wow, yeah, we have we have to have a show on them. Go ahead, go ahead. About them. <laughs> no, I was just saying, you know, it's just like, you know, no more, no more bloodshed, no more of our people, um, you know, being sacrificed or thrown into things. Um, we need, you know, fight, find a different way to fight, but still fight. Never give up. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. You know, for for an independence movement to work, I believe, what, what's the budget needed? You know, what's needed? You need the people. There's plenty of people. But what's the budget? It's all, it's all about that money, man. We got to have a, a plan. But, like, what's sad is that most of the reasons why, you know, there's a money issue is because of the United States. Um, well. But, you know, like, that is true, though. We do need to find a way to have money so we can do that. Um, that's, that's the key. Like, for example, what? Um, I think the United States invests like $3 billion in, in Puerto Rico, and then they receive $73 billion back. And they the island only keeps like 20%. Who, who agrees to that? Good you part. know, like, who, who, who agreed to that deal? <laughs> Like even under Obama, they were making a fortune. You know the Jones Act. Who agrees to that? So I know, like that—that's what's crazy. Like I've had people tell me, you know, everyone can have their opinions, you know, but like mm-hmm. I've had people tell me, like statehood is the way to go, and I'm like, I always like to recommend read the book "War Against All Puerto Ricans" by Nelson mm-hmm. Dennis. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, one thing that I, that I do agree is somehow there needs to be um, more dialogue with the United States because we still need an ally. You know what I mean? We, one of our neighbors, Cuba, is a, is a communist country that can easily invade, right? So we need an ally. But now, now we're talking politics. <laughs> no, you're, when it comes to politics, I absolutely have no knowledge. That's just the disclaimer I'm putting out there. Well, <laughs> I have no experience in politics whatsoever. Um, but it's definitely something I've been thinking about um, studying, getting into to try to help. Well, 
well, not to get off topic, but but look at um, Ukraine and Russia, right? Ukraine was never accepted into NATO, right? Mm -hmm. 30 countries banding together. One country gets hit, everyone joins the fight. But Ukraine wasn't included. And Ukraine is begging to be part of was begging to be part of NATO. They saw it coming, you know, or they saw Russia coming, but we didn't we, no, they didn't want to do that. NATO didn't want to accept them. Um, so so you need an alliance, you know. That is important. You know, even caciques um with our yeah. ancestors, they created alliances with other neighboring islands. Exactly. Um, even doesn't it doesn't matter if they had differences or not, they created those alliances to protect mm -hmm. all the people. Um, it was a very exactly. smart and strategic move. Um, you, you know, talking about Juan Esquivel before, Juan Esquivel, Ponce de Leon, when they, when they led the war, the first major war in Quisqueya against Guatumanacu, um, he had 100 warriors, Taino warriors, against Guatumanacu. So, it's politics, man. It's tough. I know it. You know, our ancestors. It, it is good to talk about this so we don't make mm -hmm. the same mistakes. Yeah, we have to learn from history. We have to learn. Yeah. You, know? you know, many of the caciques went with Spain because they wanted to, to hold their power. So it's human. It's humanity, right? It's humans. Mm -hmm. so. I hope I'm never put in that position because I don't know what would be right or wrong. Um, but, I, I do believe there's some people out there who are meant to lead, though, for sure. Yeah, you, you know what we should do? We should do a debate. We should invite some others, you know? I love good debates. Yes. Good Pro and con, right? Pro and con. Where should a Taino movement go? I should like it... that. We should, we should definitely do that, you know? I think Let's what, work on that. Yeah, I think that's really good because it gets other ideas and feelings out. And I just... Yeah. Any debate's a good debate. I think it'd be really good to have. I'm down for definitely. it. Definitely, definitely. Let's go for it, man. So, so let's do our homework. Try if if you know anyone that wants to be part of it, let's do it. <laughs> you know what? I will use my social media connections um, and see if anybody is interested in doing that. I'm sure there will be a lot of people and a lot of people with questions too. Yeah, so. we'll have two teams. We'll have two teams, pro and con. Right about oh, yeah. that. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> It'll probably be more pro, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. We're independent. Yeah. But um man, you know what? We spoke a lot today about different topics. <laughs> we did. I think we've been on for like an hour now. But that's yeah. that's what it's like when you're having good conversations. Definitely. So I love that. You know, I always love being on Dino Radio. Um oh. Yes, and like I've told you, it's like uh, with Taino Radio, you're giving platforms to other Taino people to speak about their experiences and their indigeneity. You're giving a voice um, to the to the voiceless, and um, it's amazing. You're and that's what I like about Taino Radio because it's mm -hmm. something like with modern technology, you can reach out to people globally, um, which is incredible, and we can reach out to Taino people, young and old. It's 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 been incredible and very uh good medicine for me personally. Man, we love you, man. We love you to have you. I, I you know I want you to have a seat here as a permanent hostess, man. I think a Taino radio. Let's do it, man. What do you think? Yes, I would <laughs> love that. You know, I always love having good conversations from you and everything yeah. that I've learned in the just Taino as a whole. I've learned from you and our yukayeke and 
Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I just I love Taino Radio, and I'm so glad that we're back at it again. That's it, man. That's it. We got to do it. And um, I was gonna say something. Oh, oh, and, and I love your work in um, in TikTok. Ah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. TikTok's a good for it, it's it's a good platform. It's a good platform if you use it the right way. I've seen TikTok be used in negative ways. Um, I just oh, like yeah. to share my experience um, as a Taino and just as a Native person in general. Um, and I like to connect with other Indigenous people. I have mutuals from North America, Central America, South America, and the Caribbean that I talk to all the time. Um, it's been really good for me, and I love... I, it just makes me so happy when I get messages from people um, just telling me, like, you know, their stories about their family or things they've grown up hearing that they were indigenous and how learning about this has helped them so much. Um, oh, I'm going to get emotional, but it's just it's incredible. I'm, mm-hmm. so, I'm so grateful because I wouldn't like I've always said I wouldn't have the platform I do without the people who follow me. Um, it's really them that yeah well before it was the powwow scene and if you didn't have a car it was hard you know a lot of these families they go throughout the 50 states you know so but now with social media man the world's smaller now right it's uh amazing you know and it's especially when covid happened and you know it's uh still covid's still here but um when the outbreak began you know we we relied on social media and it was great to have um and it still is you know to connect with people you know because for me i live far away from you know you and others within our tribe but we still stay connected and i'll be going to the um children areto in june in massachusetts so i'm very excited and looking forward to that hey i'll be there too there you go i know it's an amazing event i'm very excited hey I got an idea. Let's do a, sh- a live show there. So yes. You and I are going to be oh. together for the first time. Let's That'll do a live perfect. show. You know I'm down for it. Yes. And we'll get some interviews and stuff. And we'll, we'll, we'll be down. How you know people a voice for them to say what they need to say. Yes, I love it. And we got yeah. to get the children. You know, we have to get the children too. Oh, they're the first ones to be interviewed, right? That's right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> They, they got first dibs, man. There you go. Maybe that's right. I'm just so excited just to see our people, you know, doing a reto after everything that's been happening in the world. Um, just a big community event for the people. I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man. That's very traditional. Man. Our our public ceremony was the areto. Everyone would look forward to it. So this is going to be beautiful. It will, but yeah, I'm down for a show 100%. Definitely. So, all right, man. Well, listen, it was a pleasure. Thank you for taking your time. And, and uh, yeah, man. We, we, Likewise. Let, let's talk and let's work on the, the show where we can debate maybe, you know, a little debate there. What's up? Yes, I would love to do something like that. I'm not very good at debating, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I am. I like listening to others. Debate. Yeah. I like. I'm very open-minded. I like different ideas. Um, well, that's how we figure out. That's how we figure I, out. Right. I'm always. I'm always looking to learn. So I'm very excited. Looking forward to it. Well, well, you know, the whole concept of the caucus comes from the 
the northern tribes here in the New York State, the Six Nations, they they had this concept of caucus where it's not the majority that rules, is everyone needs to be on the same page. If not, we don't go forward. That's right. The caucus. So that's it. That's so right. Everyone agrees. Yep. We we can go forward. So uh I agree one hundred percent with that statement. You're right. We cannot move forward until we sit down and have real discussions, hard discussions, until we come to an agreement um, mm-hmm. for the people. It's not about us. It's about our future generations. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna, we, have to be, we have to be role models for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And eventually, they'll teach us. Mm-hmm. See, see, I think as a people, we, we have to figure out. I think this is the, the, the crux of it all. You know, you look at religion, they, they have uh, either, you know, Jesus, Allah, or, or um, you know, there, there's something, something beyond us that we work for. You know, like, like today, I saw some elders giving out pamphlets, like these uh, Christian messages. And it was hot today. And these old, old, old elders are on the street there giving these pamphlets. You know, I, you know, I respect them. Mm-hmm. with their dedication so so here's the thing because they believe in the cause they believe love through this messenger right be it jesus or uh, what as taino people what what's our message like what what do we believe you know why are we doing this See, that's the that's the beginning right there and when and once we get it together okay how we're going to make an impact you know how, how are we going to do it you know, right now in this world, we need cash, <laughs> but we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we will. We got this. We do. All right, Selena, say your name again, your indigenous name. Inma Hana, Keeper of Flowers. There you go. That's a beautiful name. Excellent. The Keeper of Flowers. This is the summer times coming. Thank you so much, Sana. Thank you. Seems like we never left, but hey, we got this. Thank you. I'll see you soon. All right. You too. I can't wait to see you on the next show. Oh, awesome, man. This is DJ Sana Cody. Thank you for tuning in. We got this.